Hey everyone, welcome back to our podcast edition. This is Cece. And this is Claire. And hello friends to our headline news edition of our 27th series of sedition on June 13th, 2021. We have three super interesting stories and even better takes, so let's get into it. So recently, lawmakers decided to enact antitrust reforms. On Friday, June 11th, Congress passed five bills making up a set of antitrust reforms. If the bills become law, Amazon, Apple, Facebook, and Google may have to overhaul their entire companies. The bills make it harder for larger and more dominant companies, such as the aforementioned ones, to merge with other companies. Additionally, those companies are not allowed to buy or own businesses that present a clear conflict of interest. These five bills will have to be voted favorably by the Judiciary Committee before they can pass into the House of Representatives. The bills also have to be approved by Senate before they can be signed into law by the President. The bills come after a long investigation by the Judiciary Committee conducted on the four dominant companies, which are, like I mentioned before, Amazon, Apple, Facebook, and Google, last year. The investigative panel found that the four companies hold monopoly power and that antitrust laws should be enacted in order to adapt to the unique challenges tech companies face when competing with each other. Democrats and Republicans do seem to be divided on this issue, but most from both sides agree that the four companies are causing harm to the competitive market and that reform is needed to invigorate the markets the four companies dominate over. Here is an overview of the five bills announced on Friday. So the first one is Ending Platform Monopolies Act. It just makes it unlawful for a platform with over 50 million monthly U.S. users and a market cap over $600 billion to own or operate a business that presents a clear conflict of interest. The second one is the American Choice and Innovation Online Act, and this says that dominant platforms cannot give their own services or products an advantage over competitors on the platform that they already own. The act also prohibits other certain discriminatory behaviors, such as cutting off a competitor's services. Additionally, dominant platforms can't use private data to fuel their own services and products. Private data is just data that isn't available to the public. And the third one, Platform Competition and Opportunity Act says that in merger cases, the burden of proof shifts from the government to the dominant companies. These companies will have to prove that their intentions to merge are lawful, and in the past, the government had to prove that the dominant companies will lessen competition through their merging. But now it's, of course, shifted to the bigger companies. Our fourth bill is called Augmenting Compatibility and Competition by Enabling Service Switching, and the acronym for that is ACCESS ACT. Dominant platforms have to meet certain data portability requirements, and this makes it easier for users to move their data and take them to other platforms. And finally, our fifth bill is the Merger Filing Fee Modernization Act, and this bill raises the fees companies will have to pay to notify the Federal Trade Commission and Department of Justice Antitrust Division of large mergers. The ultimate goal is to actually raise money for both of these agencies. So finally, we're getting antitrust laws enacted on these huge companies. What does it mean, like, exactly a clear conflict of interest? So say, like... Facebook, right? Facebook has bought things like Instagram, among other apps. Like, what does it mean, clear conflict of interest, though? Well, in regular business or in regular terms, conflict of interest is just competing professional or 
personal interests between two people or two companies, I think. It's like, say, law when something someone has a clear conflict of interest is where, like, oh, in court, right, the defendant brought up a witness that, like, is supposed to be neutral, right, but they're biased, right? Yeah. But, I mean, that's law-wise, right, but this is, like, business situation. They don't want company these companies to buy other companies that have a clear conflict of interest with them, which means having a clear conflict of interest is good for those companies. For which companies? The dominating one or the ones that are being taken in? So say like Facebook, any company, right, that Mm -hmm. wants to merge with another company, if the government says, no, there's a conflict of interest there, that means that like it's good for those companies to merge from the company's own perspective. But it's not good for, say, the consumer or something else. Yeah, it's good for the company's personal gain, but for consumers, it's bad, right? Because they're monopolizing. Yeah. Continuing to monopolize. In this case, the clear conflict of interest is with the consumer and the company. I think so. Oh, it says, is a situation in which a person in a position of trust has a competing interest. Mm-hmm. So the company's interest is supposedly in the customers, right? Right. But if they're monop, but then this conflict of interest is like what them trying to grow bigger and make more money, right? Mm-hmm. So that's right. a competing interest. Yeah. So then, if they merge without the intent to provide better services or products for the consumer, but to grow in size and to make more money, then that would be the conflict of interest. I'm pretty sure. But reading the part where dominant platforms can't use private data to field their own service and products, I don't know. It just sort of opened my eyes to how much our data is public and not private because, boy, do many, many platforms advertise their own stuff to me. Right. I know Facebook, right, is a big Mm -hmm. one. And so, yeah. so is and Google, I think. Obviously not in general, because it says to feel their own services. Now, like, technically, other ads don't isn't their own service, but, mm-hmm. like, they're, you know, Facebook has many other extensions, right. Spotify, Instagram. Google, yeah. Apple, I guess. But, I mean, this whole monopolization thing has been a big issue for a long time. Because we've always been constantly saying, oh, look, Amazon's such a big company it's putting small businesses and other companies out of business mm-hmm. and also like amazon isn't that fantastic of a platform anyway because we know how they treat their workers so yeah and i didn't know that like in merger cases the burden of proof i think that oh, yeah, was a pretty smart one yeah, I thought, honestly, I thought that it was the big companies at first and not the government trying to prove for the company that they'll do fine. Yeah, because then who's the defendant? Exactly. Or, like, who's the one that with the burden of proof? It's obviously not going to be the company that's going to be merged. Yeah. Like, there's, I'm pretty sure it. the defendant or the person that's trying to do the big action is supposed to say or prove for themselves that it's a lawful action. Yeah, instead of, oh... It's having um, somebody else do it for you.
No, no, no. In no, it says in the past the government had to prove the um merger is unlawful. But now Oh sorry, sorry, yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I meant yeah, yeah. That's excuse why. me. I meant having somebody else. I think I already said it. I really liked number three. I think that one's pretty smart. Also number five. The fact that it'll raise money for FTC and Department of Justice Antitrust Division. Good they were like, so, oh, you know, while we're trying yeah. to enact antitrust laws, we'll, you know, raise some money for ourselves, too. Yeah. Because it's not like now they're raising taxes on us to fund these bureaucracies. Yes. Efficiency, Cause my it, Especially if it's large mergers, right? I'm sure Apple, Amazon, Facebook can take a little increase on the fee. Please. Yeah. It's not like it's small small to medium-sized businesses right exactly they're huge which is i think that's like a good way to allocate um our fees and taxes to the government Mm -hmm. right you said congress passed these five bills but you said that these five bills will have to be voted they're not well they sorry they proposed to pass they proposed the bills but it hasn't been officially signed into law yet so they still have to go through the okay so they did not pass five bills no did i say that yeah oh excuse me excuse me sorry they were trying to get it passed okay okay. i don't know i think the these bills whoever made these are have really pulled through in congress Mm mm-hmm also, if you guys want to read more, you guys can check out uh, our C- uh, the CNBC article about it as yeah. well. Yeah. Just search up the keywords and you'll probably find it. It's an yes. ongoing story too, so we'll probably get more information in the future. So if you want to keep tabs on it, you can. Our next story it moves across the ocean. China has begun to censor... China has begun to censor Hong Kong's film industry. So the department in charge of media censorship in Hong Kong has been granted additional power in censoring films that may include and thus encourage any act that endangers national security. So historically, China's film censorship is like really strict and it only allows a select few Western movies to showcase legally at least. And that's why Hong Kong has been famous for its film industry for a long while, as Claire and I know. Mm-hmm. This will definitely change the landscape of the Hong Kong's industry and hinder any pro-democracy movements in film. This is because if all the people in charge of getting this movie up and running uh, leave it up to the vague censorship authority, their film may get slashed and lose a whole lot of money, right? So it's better to be safe and sorry, and that would mean investors might fund less Hong Kong movies and directors and writers might even begin to self-censor themselves, right? Mm-hmm. And critics have even brought up the showing of several documentaries and movies already made that surround in protests and what would happen to them. But there definitely has already been some trends. University and exhibits in Hong Kong have been pulling works, works of art last minute that have included photography or footage of the protests and even more. This is sad. Once again, we've yeah. talked about how the whole national security thing is very vague, right? 
basically mm-hmm. any lawmakers or I guess the people that are monitoring, right? They can determine whatever they see fit as what is endangering national security. So it could be anything. Yeah. If they give a sound reason as to why it is endangering national security, it'll probably get censored. Yeah. The fact that it's so vague can also leave it up to discussion other issues as well. Because say national security is about democracy and po- uh, like that stuff, right? But obviously China's also very socially conservative as well, right? Mm-hmm. And this expanded authority can also limit some more social issues such as maybe showing specific problems in Hong Kong. Like, oh, there's, um, like, uh, yeah, showing, uh, highlighting specific structural problems in Hong Kong from, uh, I'm not exactly sure which issues are prominent in Hong Kong, but across the world in many metropolitan areas, homelessness, um, high rent and house prices, mental health issues and whatnot, right? Mm -hmm. And also like I said, specifically in China, right? You have a restriction in, um, like, sexual and gender freedom. Right. This is so sad. This is just tragic. Because Hong Kong is definitely the, much more of an icon for yes personal freedoms, film as well. Like, I grew up watching films from Hong Kong at home. Even though sometimes the action... Even though sometimes the acting was, you know, a little subpar, but nonetheless, Hong Kong films are very iconic. And it's just sad to see that legacy go. Especially, yeah, like you said, Hong Kong movies, I mean, Hong Kong was the, I would say, like, the central point, or the, like, the Hollywood of Asia, of Mm -hmm. East Asia, for Mm -hmm. a very long time. And a lot of, and the first, yeah, the first few movies in, uh, and especially in the Chinese, I don't want to say that. Yeah. And let's just say Chinese movies itself suck as well. (laughs) You know? I can't agree more. Yep. I know. Like their sea dramas, pure trash acting and CGI. Mm Mm-hmm. So bad. I agree. And Their dramas like, are so There are bad. hardly any movies, documentaries that really come out into the big screen that focus on certain social issues as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, you of know. course, it's China. They censor everything. Yeah. And you, you can kind of tell that, um, I mean, the few biggest, like, good films are always indie films, right? And it mm-hmm. never has the, well... The film industry in China was born out of censorship and it wasn't like Hong Kong while where it was uncensored and then censored. Mm-hmm. Because China's is born out of censorship, there's a lack. And also its culture does not really promote creativity. Agreed. In a way, not I'm not I'm not saying like Chinese people like there aren't creative people, but often yeah. But you have to be very careful about what you say, like the whole yeah. And it's not even about what you say, right? Say like most of those big like really famous stuff that China makes, it's more for its home audience. And say it's romance, right? You can write a really good 
romantic film. Right? Yeah. But yeah. the way they write it is just so bad. <laughs> and it just builds into like tropes that have been used over and over again. Let we can I can spoil about half of the sea dramas. <laughs> Cold rich CEO. Because they're the same. An unassuming girl. I agree. There you go. Ta-da! That's literally the plot. It's so annoying. It's so sad. Sea dramas. I definitely do think it's a stain on legacy. I mean, obviously, Hong Kong movies itself aren't the best works of art. In turn, like if you compare it to other, like uh, compare to like I guess real artistic talent or standards but it definitely does have this legacy that goes around with like the golden age right Mm -hmm. i mean in their time they were probably i guess pretty good it's just that our preferences have definitely changed so well if you guys want to read up on this you can go check out the guardian that's where we got our sources from for this story and for our third story last but not least 178 hospital workers are suspended for not getting the COVID vaccine. So the Houston Methodist Hospital System suspended around 178 hospital workers for not getting the COVID vaccine by the set deadline, prompting over 100 workers to file a lawsuit against the hospital system. Now the suspended workers have until June 21st to get vaccinated. Otherwise, they may even be fired. The employees that are refusing to get vaccinated say the vaccine is unsafe and, quote, experimental, end quote. The 178 hospital workers are now suspended without pay. Around 27 of those workers have gotten their first dose and can meet the deadline with their next dose, which means that they can go back to work. The rest of the employees who still refuse to get the vaccine note that the Pfizer, Moderna, and Johnson & Johnson vaccines have not yet been approved by the FDA. But some of the vaccines are now up for approval, and health experts have already determined that the side effects and symptoms are negligible compared to the risks of COVID-19, hence authorizing rollouts for more age groups. However, some employees continue to express their concern. Some have gone as far as to say that even if the vaccines were FDA approved, they're still avoiding getting them because there is, quote, no long-term data, end quote. Authorities of the Houston Methodist Hospital System disagree with these employees, saying that most of their claims are based on misinformation. I expected more from hospital workers. Yeah, I mean, you're hospital workers. I'm sure these hospital workers have given out vaccines. Right? Or they've gotten they other know. vaccines themselves, like flu shots, like the shots for smallpox and stuff like that. Chicken pox, right? What's so different about these ones? It's just that they're newer, I guess. Also, they're authorized for emergency use by FDA. So exactly. I don't, I don't understand. Me neither. Like, of course, there's no long-term data. They made it pretty new, but that's because we're desperate to return back to normal, and it's safe enough. Yeah. Like, and also, it's not like I. The reason why people say, like, oh, so quick, blah, blah, blah. That's because it was truly a world effort. Right? And there, it's an emergency. 
And I'm pretty sure that it wasn't like a sloppy outcome. Otherwise, they'd probably get sued at some point. Yeah. And, I mean, if the government's hand in mistering and FDA is part of the government, right? Like, mm-hmm. don't you think it's all right? Like, Obviously it just doesn't, not. Their, their reasoning is not consistent. I agree. It's not experimental. Like, they've done enough tests on people to see that it's safe for the most part. Even if you get worse side effects, the chances statistically are very small. Yeah. Like, it shouldn't even be a problem. I'm pretty sure a lot of the vaccines, it's like, oh, like, there are other medicines out there that have worse side effects, like, say, birth control, right? Exactly. And I bet that at least one person as a part of those, what, 178 employees take birth control regularly. I just don't understand. Like, maybe, ah, I don't really understand medicine and how health works. Oh, okay. Like, a little leeway. But these are hospital workers. You're around medicine all day. You're around vaccines, shots. They went to med school Well, not necessarily. I mean, a bu- I'm pretty sure at least a bunch of them. I mean, if you're nurses, don't you have to go to med school? Hospital workers does not just mean nurses. True. Right, like... But I mean, if they're nurses the and janitors, doctors... The the front desk, the assistants... Yeah, you're right. But I mean, if they are nurses and doctors, then... Oh. Shame. Oh. Shame. If, yeah. Well, if you would like to read more on this story, go visit National Public Radio, or NPR, because that's where we got the source for this third story. We hope you enjoyed these three stories and our takes in it, but before we leave you, we have our Sunday Snip Into the Past. So for our Sunday Snip Into the Past, on June 13th, 1983, Pioneer 10, which had already been in space for 11 years, leaves the solar system. Well, that's all we have for you guys today. Thank you so much for listening. And have a good Sunday.